Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chat with Chegg. I'm your host, the Chegg. And we are living in a, a very weird place in the world. There's no sports, as you should know. Today is June 2nd, 2020. And it comes over a week since the tragic death of George Floyd. He died from police brutality. For police brutality has just been a large staple point of the United States history. They're supposed to protect and serve, but we are starting to come to realize that they make us fear. For black men and women and children fearing to go outside and hoping, just praying, that they can just walk outside go to the grocery store, go to the park, and not be pulled over. For Hispanics, the Latinx community, we hope that every time we go outside, we hopefully don't get stopped by a police officer. And one day we're in our house, and the next day we're not even in the country. This is a sports podcast, first and foremost. But this is everything, this is all that everyone is talking about. The protests and the death of George Floyd and police brutality have sparked a lot of these athletes sparked a lot of these athletes to stand up and speak for what's right. This happened around four years ago during the 2016-17 season when Colin Kaepernick kneeled. He was the first player who started a movement kneeling during a national anthem. He He did that because of police brutality. He protested against police brutality, and that was his freedom of speech. He doesn't play on an NFL team anymore. He hasn't really been heard at all in the NFL. He went from a nobody to an NFC champion to maybe the hope of of the 49ers to now a political sports player icon, if that's even a thing. And back in the 2017-2018 season, we saw a bunch of kneeling, protesting our current administration. We have July, August, September, October, November. We have five months until this next election. Election. I think that we can do this. I think that we can beat we can beat Trump. We can do it. But riding on the streets doesn't change anything. Going out to vote changes everything. We've seen that many, many times before.
it's been it's been pretty rough past couple of months now people are just starting to disregard this virus and the sports world is coming back alive on this episode we'll be talking about George Floyd and we'll be talking about the NBA and what they are going to do for their season and we're going to talk about how these athletes are commenting on George Floyd and how the world is commenting. First, let's go to the NBA because I'm pretty sure we've heard enough about George Floyd. Not saying it's not important. It's the most important thing in the United States right now. But it's not important for this podcast, a sports podcast. But the whole world is revolving around it. Even the sports world. The NBA is deciding that maybe it maybe it'll be late July, July thirty first, that the season will return. And they'll probably play somewhere in Disney. Maybe that I've heard that they're talking to Disney and maybe Orlando is going to be the place where we're all going to play, or not we all, but they, the NBA, is going to resume their basketball season. I hope so. I'd love to see some basketball. This comes from CBS Sports' latest article by Sam Quinn 17 hours ago that the NBA's Board of Governors is expected to vote to approve Adam Silver's recommendation on a format for resuming the season next Thursday, June 4th. June 4th is two days away from now. As of right now, 20 to 22 teams are expected to be invited to Orlando. Now, is my Atlanta Hawks going to be there? No. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'd love for them to be there. But probably not. We check out the NBA standings right now. You see teams like in the West, at least the Clippers and the Lakers. They're pretty much guaranteed. The Lakers are already in. Lakers are already in. Then you go to the East. You got Milwaukee, Toronto, and Boston, who are guaranteed playoff spots. Then you got the fourth or sixth seed. But here's what's interesting. It's all for that 7-seed, 8-seed battle. Are those teams going to push to make the finals? Probably not. Especially out there in the East. I mean, it's not like you're going to get Orlando and Brooklyn beating Toronto and Milwaukee. Or maybe the Wizards, Hornets. They could probably sneak their way in. Will they? No. The Hornets have a 23-42 record. Seven games behind Orlando. Washington is six games behind Orlando. I mean, you tell me. Out West, we got LA, both LA teams, the Lakers and Clippers. Denver, who's made another really surprising push. I really haven't been watching too many Nuggets basketball over the past couple years, but they've been doing pretty good. Utah's been doing good. Thunder, Oklahoma City Thunder, a lot of people counted them out. I counted them out, and they're doing really good. Houston Rockets and Dallas, they're pretty tough. 
Houston was a third seed, and now they're a sixth seed. Same with Dallas. Dallas was pretty high, and now they're in the seventh seed. But, you know, a seven or eight seed in the West is like a four seed in the East. Because, you know, that's how overpowered the West is. Then they got Memphis. Memphis is 32 and 33. Portland is... 29 and 37. Does Portland deserve a spot in the playoffs? I mean, you see their talent. They have some really good talent. And they've been playing well for all the injuries they've had, but even Damian Lillard said like he wouldn't want to play. And a bunch of people are calling him a spoiled brat for that. An NBA basketball player. And especially a... Uh, all-star level, superstar level, Damian Lillard says he doesn't want to play basketball. Not because he doesn't feel like it or because he just doesn't have the passion anymore, but because he won't play because we won't, he won't even get a playoff spot. I just want you to think about that for a second. You know your team is bad? Apparently, I'm not saying the Trailblazers are bad, but... If your team isn't doing well, and instead of maybe helping them, giving them that final push, you just not get, you're not gonna play. Devin Booker, Phoenix Suns, they're twenty six and thirty nine. They're thirteenth in the West. He's still playing. Minnesota, nineteen and forty five. They got Carl Anthony Towns. He's still playing. Out in the East, Trey Young of the Hawks. He's still playing. And then you got the guys in Detroit, like Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin. They're still playing. Maybe not Blake, but Derrick Rose is still playing. It comes to that. That will. If you don't put the will and you don't put the effort, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Like, you could dream all you want. Dreaming's not going to happen. A dream is just a dream. But you work, you put that effort into that dream. And that is the reality. That is how the real world works. Back to the back to the subject, at least. Back to C, back to the CBS statement. If next season were to begin on Christmas Day, as many have speculated, it would, give it would give players less than three months before games started again. Which I think, because back in the 2011-2012 season, when that lockout was happening, or happened, they just, they waited, and then Christmas was finally the time. They're like, we will restart, or not restart, just start the season. So, what is going to happen? We don't know. We'll find out on June 4th. And you best believe that I'm going to make an episode all about that. For now, nothing is finalized. Another, another quote from that article on CBS Sports. As recently as a few months ago, many... As recently as a few months ago, sorry... Any conclusion to the 2019-20 season seemed unlikely. 
If it means one, if getting one means delaying the 2020-21 campaign, that is a sacrifice to fans, players, and owners. Seem more than happy to make. We want basketball. I mean, let's be real. I mean, I live in Atlanta, so I love Atlanta United by default, and they're pretty good. But besides from that, do you really want to watch the MLS? No offense to the MLS fans, but, you know, basketball and football are better. What's football going to do? We'll find out later, I guess. And the big question, will they go straight to the playoffs or finish the season, regular season? If the 20 to 22 teams are expected to be invited to Orlando, we'll see we'll see Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, maybe San Antonio out in the west and Washington and Charlotte and maybe Chicago in the east cuz those teams are still fighting for that playoff spot. But if you look in the East, there's a pretty big gap. Six games? That's a big gap. But hey, these teams will do anything to get their playoffs. And they're right. what I started I started talking about George Floyd and that is going to be our ending topic about George Floyd George Floyd he was he's he's a good person obviously I I didn't know him he's like a couple thousand miles away but but he's a good person and no one deserves to be killed by the police. Nine minutes. Imagine that. Think about it. Imagine someone was on your knees for nine minutes. Imagine if you have like a little bro- like a older brother or older sister or older sibling. And they just like because, you know, they have that authority because, you know, they're bigger, they're stronger, and you're just a little bit weaker. But what if they just decided to, like, sit on you for nine minutes or maybe put their knee on your neck for nine minutes? Just think about that. This whole situation is like a bullying situation. Like, like there's a kid that get bullied, or there's a kid that gets bullied by a bigger kid. And that bullying keeps happening every single day. And the, and the victim says nothing. But one day, he releases all of his anger. And then he gets the blame for it. 
But if he had spoken out on the very first day that it happened, none of this would even happen. And that's what it's like right now. It happened on Memorial Day. And it's been over a week. It has been eight days. There's gonna, there was a bunch of riots and a bunch of protests, violent protests. There's been a bunch of peaceful protests too. Not saying that there wasn't. But everyone looks at the bad things. Or that's what they're, that's what they're attracted to. People are attracted to the negatives. The positives, they help just a little bit. But it's one step forward and then five steps backwards. 2016, Falcons choke 28-3. Are all Falcons fans as heartbroken as I am? Yes. But what we we remember, Vic Beasley had 15 and a half sacks. Matt Ryan won MVP. We won the NFC. But does anyone care about that? We do. The state of Georgia does. But all around the country, all around the NFL sports world, do people care about that? Not really. They care about the fact that we had 15, we had one quarter, 15 minutes. And we couldn't do it. If we is if they don't we don't see that ring on our fingers, and if we don't see that banner in the stadium, it doesn't matter. And that's the thing. That's what this administration thinks about the protesters. Our president right now, Donald J. Trump, he was talking about deploying U.S. military to cities all over the country. It's like, it's like declaring war on yourself, pretty much. And then, at the same time, he said that he agreed with peaceful protesters. Simultaneously, as he was saying that, the... The Washington, D.C. police and the National Guard just started attacking peaceful protesters. They were all peaceful. You look at any video from that day, they were all peaceful. No bottles were thrown, no Molotovs, and then tear gas came out of nowhere. All making this whole virus thing worse. Because when you throw tear gas, you see a bunch of people coughing, and then those coughs go to other people, and then someone out there with the virus has infected bunch of other people. And that's the second wave. Is it? Is it really the second wave? We'll see in two weeks. We'll see that in two weeks. But the best part, or the most interesting part, is that the players, the players are like, this isn't fair. What the heck, man? This shouldn't happen. And I'm really happy. I'm really happy that the NBA players and NFL players and all athletes all over the USA, along with the coaching staff and the owners, they say that this cannot be ignored. The commissioner of the NBA, Adam Silver, says that this racial injustice 
cannot be ignored. This is a letter, or a memo, from NBA Commissioner Adam Silver to the league employees. This released on May 31st, 2020. Dear colleagues, like you, I spent the weekend watching protests around the country over the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. As a league, we share the outrage and, our, and offer our sincere condolences to their friends and families, our families and friends. Just as we are fighting a pandemic which is impacting communities and people of color more than anyone else, we are being reminded that there are wounds in our country that have never been healed. I just want to think about that for a second. It's like, wasn't Martin Luther King supposed to, like, end all this? It's, it's some people who think that, including me when I was, like, t- eight years old. We were, we were pretty naive about that. He just put a Band-Aid on that wound. Here's the thing about a Band-Aid. Band-Aid is a quick solution, and it doesn't stay forever. Hmm? Is it? Is a Band-Aid just a quick, easy thing that you could just put on a wound? But then, sometimes, not sometimes, one day, you'll just have to rip that Band-Aid off. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, none of us know what's going to happen. But as long as these, the officers are getting, are not even being charged. The officer that killed, that killed George Floyd is being charged with manslaughter and third degree murder. Third degree murder is not real. That's the thing. Everyone's posting about like, justice is served. Some people that Oh, third-degree murder. Oh, yeah, that's right. You deserve it. Third-degree murder is not real. That is not a real... It's not even a degree. There's only first and second. It's not real. It is not a real offense. But, you know... Some people just, you know, don't even care. And the people that don't care are part of a pro- are a part of the problem. If you don't care about what's going on and you say all lives matter, then you're just the part of the problem. Do I believe all lives matter? Of course I do. But right now we're just focused on the black ones right now. Cuz you know, we have people who who love God, who are diehard Christians, but then they don't care if God's children are being murdered by God's other children. Hmm? Is it right? It's not right. And people like Colin Kaepernick knew that this was going to come. He kneeled four years ago. Four years ago. You know what happened four years ago? Obama was president. 
it feels that long ago that we had a black president. And every all the hard work that he has done or he did got reversed by the hands of a dictator. And he is restricting or wants to restrict the rights. The protesting rights. The First Amendment. He wants to... He wants to restrict the press by shooting rubber bullets at them. He wants to restrict the protest by threatening to use military action, threatening to kill U.S. citizens. He is threatening assembly by doing nationwide... Curfews and lockdowns, pretty much not letting anyone go outside. Treating like, like, like people in like the like Venezuela government. I've seen it. I have friends who are Venezuelan, and they tell me stories that we weren't allowed to go out, and if we did, we would almost get shot at. Hmm. Assembly, press, and speech. Speech, protest, same thing. Or speech, or protest is an example of speech. Here is a article on NFLs.com, or NFLs.com, NFL.com, on the news section, the news homepage. Forty-nine, the CEO of the San Francisco 49ers. We need to be a beacon of hope. And of light. A question that was asked was, what do you think the roles of the owners are in this fight? He says, I can't speak for everyone else, but I know for us, we have, we've got millions of fans. We have the people that support us when we go to the Super Bowl last year and, or when we had two wins the season before. We have the opportunity with our platform to help our 49ers family. Our players are predominantly black. They see the issues that are now on the news in a much different way than what I saw as a kid growing up and a lot and what a lot of white America sees. I think that we that we need to first and foremost help our 49ers family feel comfortable and safe, but we when but when we look at the community at large I do believe that we have an obligation to serve our community and be a beacon of hope and light that really work together with people that can effectuate change. This is just one owner that's speaking out. And there'll be many more. I do believe that that when it comes between politics and when it comes between just living, then sports is a great mixture between the two. Because at the end of the day, we all love sports. I love football. I love basketball. I like soccer a little bit. A lot of people love sports. It's what brings them together. That is the true melting pot. Whether you're fighting against a team or loving a team or just want someone to win or something to happen, you have people in the same boat as you. 
from all different races. And that is what makes America, America. On the next episode of Chat with Chegg, someone is actually gonna chat with me. I'm not gonna be chatting by myself. Who is it? You're gonna have to find out next episode. Next episode, we're gonna be talking about the return of the NBA season fully. As on June 4th, the league will will announce. Well, they're gonna announce some pretty good stuff. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next one.